Vision has just the right mix of music, inspiration and fun to kickstart your day. Rise and shine with Fel and DJ. Weekdays at breakfast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media. Thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. As Christians, we should be discerning, but not condemning. The Bible even says, speak the truth in love. Now the problem is some will speak the truth, but not in love. They use the Bible like a weapon to destroy. Often, the truth hurts. Do we enjoy hurting people with the truth? Pastor Greg Laurie says we should be compelled by love, God's love. Our desire should always be to restore, not condemn a person in sin. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. The Lord tells us, He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Yes, God judges sinners, but that's not His desire. What's our desire? When someone's in sin, do we reflect the Lord's objective that we should lovingly lead them back into fellowship with God? Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie takes us to important counsel from the Sermon on the Mount, the Lord's directives to His disciples on matters of faith, love and harmony. You know, people sometimes ask me, what is your favorite verse from the Bible? That's hard for me to answer because I have a lot of favorite verses from the Bible. A lot of it depends on what I'm going through in a given moment. And then I might say, oh, I really love this verse for this kind of a situation and I love another verse for another kind of a situation. But according to Amazon.com, the verse most commonly highlighted in the Bible is Philippians 4. It says, don't worry about anything but pray about everything and the peace of God that passes all human understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ. That verse would definitely make my top 10. But I wonder what verse would you choose if you had to choose your favorite verse? Well, I'll tell you this much. If you're talking to a non-believer, you're gonna find out what their favorite verse is because basic non-believers may know two verses from the Bible that they like to quote and the verse that you will often hear from a non-believer is, judge not lest you be judged, right? And when does this happen? This happens usually when we're talking to them about their need for Jesus Christ and telling them that maybe they need to turn from their sin and they get really indignant and they say, well, doesn't the Bible say, judge not lest you be judged? In other words, will you please go away now? It's their verse that they quote to make you stop talking to them. And the second favorite verse of non-believers is, let him that is without sin cast the first stone. Now the problem is they totally misinterpret what those verses mean. What is Jesus saying when he says, judge not lest you be judged? Is he actually saying that a Christian is never to judge anyone or anything? Is he saying that we should never 
make an evaluation of a situation or of a person's conduct that we should never in any way, shape, or form use our discernment and just sort of accept everyone and everything? No, that's not what he's saying. So let's read the words of Jesus from the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 7, verse 1. Judge not, lest you be judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye and not consider the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, hey, let me remove the speck from your eye. And look, a plank is in your own eye, hypocrite. First remove the plank from your own eye, then you'll see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give that which is holy to the dogs or cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you in pieces. All right, so here's some takeaway truths from these verses. Point number one, if you're taking notes, as Christians, we should be discerning but not condemning. Let me repeat that. As Christians, we should be discerning but not condemning. Again, verse one, judge not lest you be judged. Now, before we tell you what it does mean, let's find out what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean that a Christian loves and accepts everyone in as far as we never comment on their actions or their conduct or their lifestyle. Because the reality is if you really care for someone, you need to tell them the truth. And sometimes you have to confront people about the sin that maybe they're in that's keeping them from God. The Bible even says, speak the truth in love. Now the problem is some will speak the truth but not in love. They use the Bible like a weapon to destroy. If the Bible is a sword, and it is, it's not given to decapitate people, it should be thought of as a scalpel to bring healing to people a scalpel in a surgeon's hands to help a person. But some people weaponize the Bible and they use truth like a sledgehammer. So it's all truth and no love. But then there are those that it's all love and no truth. They'll just say, oh, that's okay. Oh, I understand. Oh, it's okay with God if you keep doing that. And that is also incorrect. So we have to find the right balance. I mean, if you really care about someone, you'll tell them the truth. So you're going out with one of your friends, you know, for dinner and they have a giant stain in the middle of their shirt. You might say, did you want that giant stain in the middle of your shirt? Uh, or by the way, you have spinach in your teeth, actually in all of your teeth. They're covered in spinach. What happened, you know? But you tell them for their own good uh, because that's what friends do. Well, if that's true, should we not tell them if there is sin in their life? Proverbs 27, five says, open rebuke is better than secret love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. If you have some friends that will tell you the truth, those are true friends, okay, know that. Because a true friend will stab you in the front, not in the back. Does that make sense? See, someone who isn't your friend, though, to your face, they'll say, you're awesome, you're great, everything's cool, everything you're doing is wonderful, even though they know it isn't. But a true friend will tell you to your face, you know what, I love you, man, and I gotta warn you, this could be your downfall, this could hurt you, and because I care about you, I'm gonna tell you the truth. Yes, we have to make evaluations and judgments. But having said that, what does it mean when Jesus says, judge not lest you be judged? 
A better way to translate the statement of Christ in Matthew 7 verse 1 is not judge not lest you be judged, but rather condemn not lest you be condemned. There's a big difference. I am to make judgments. I am to make evaluations. I am to use my discernment. But having said that, I am not to condemn a person. I judge for identification, not for condemnation. I need to refrain from hypercritical condemning judgment. And there are people that love to just judge the whole planet. And in their mind, everyone's motives are always wrong and they're hypercritical of every person. I heard about an old guy who went over to the preacher's house to watch him fix his roof. And the preacher's up there hammering a shingle down and he looks down at the old codger and says, what are you trying to pick up some tips on carpentry? The old guy says, no, I just want to know what a preacher says when he hits his thumb with a hammer. <laughs> so that's just a guy waiting for you to slip up. <laughs> and to be honest, there are people waiting for you to slip up. Let me take it a step further. There are people that want you to slip up. You know, they're, they're, they're watching, hey man, you're a hypocrite. You went one mile over the speed limit. I saw you do it. You know, they're looking for you to make a mistake that they can hang their doubt on. So the idea here is condemn not lest you be condemned. We should not be condemning other people. I like a statement of old J. Vernon McGee. You know, he's been in heaven for years now, but he's still on the radio. And one thing I heard him say once was the only exercise some Christians get is jumping to conclusions and running down others. Thought that's pretty good, but he said the only exercise some Christians get is jumping to conclusions and running down others, my beloved. Let's get on the Bible bus. Really bad imitation of <laughs> Jay Vernon, but I like him. But that's true. You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Ministries in the U.S. And today he's presenting a message called The Non-Believer's Favorite Verse. Some pretty important perspective from his Salt and Light series in Matthew chapter 7. Let's continue. Point number two. Our desire should always be to restore, not condemn, a person in sin. We want to restore them. Here's what Paul says in Galatians 6.1 about someone who has fallen spiritually. If someone is caught in sin, you who are spiritual should kick them while they are down and tell as many people as possible. You ever read that verse? No, you haven't, because it's not in the Bible. I just made it up. But by the actions of some, you would think it is in the Bible. Someone stumbles, hey, kick them when they're down. And tell everybody about their fall. No, the Bible says love covers a multitude of sins. I want to help you get back up on your feet. Remember that commercial that's still out there now. And I'm not making fun, well, a little, but I'm making fun of that person that plays the role of an older person who has fallen. She's like, I've fallen and I can't get up. It's like, I'm not laughing at anyone who's fallen. I'm just saying the way she said is, is you know. Anyway, so... <laughs> And so they have this device that you wear, right? And, and you push a little red button, which, you know, you have to walk around with that device or the red button, which is, yeah, I'm that person that falls a lot, right? <laughs> but, you know, I'm now seriously, there are people who have fallen and they can't get up. They don't know how to get up. They don't know how to get out of the pit they're in. 
They don't know how to break free from the addiction they're in. They don't know how to leave the lifestyle they're in. That's where you come in as a Christian. You who are spiritual, restore them. So it doesn't say if someone's overtaken in a fault, kick them when they're down. Here's what it does say. If a brother or a sister is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore them gently. But watch yourself, or you may also be tempted, carry each other's burdens, and this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. By the way, this phrase, caught in a sin, implies it was not premeditated. It's a person who lowered their guard and they were caught like an animal in a trap. It wasn't intentional, but yeah, they messed up and it is our job to restore them. How? Gently. In fact, the word restore means to set a broken bone or put a dislocated limb back in place. So if you've broken your arm, I'm not gonna manhandle you and twist it back into its proper place. I'm gonna probably try to get you to uh, a hospital as quickly as possible, have a professional help you, but I, I want to assist you. See, this is what we wanna do, restore. The classic example of this is the woman caught in the act of adultery. She's grabbed by the religious leaders who are setting a trap for Jesus. They throw her down at his feet, and they say, the law says she should be stoned. What do you say? Jesus looks around and he says, well, and he bends down and he writes something in the sand. And then he stands up and says, let him that is without sin among you cast the first stone. And the Bible says they left from the oldest to the youngest. So there's some connection between what he wrote in the sand and them leaving from the oldest to the youngest. What do you think he wrote in the sand? I guess he may have written the name of one of the people and maybe the sin they were committing, maybe their so-called secret sin that they thought nobody knew about. Whatever it was, it cleared the house out quickly. So all these self-righteous religious hypocrites leave and Jesus turns to the woman and says, woman, where are your accusers? He uses an interesting word for woman. It's a, a word of respect like ma'am, lady, She'd probably never been called that before. Ma'am, where are your accusers? She says, I have none, Lord. He says, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. See, that's what you do when someone has fallen. Your objective is to restore them again. Number three, I cannot see a speck in my friend's eye if I have a telephone pole in mine. Matthew 7, verse three. Why do you look at a speck in your brother's eye and not consider the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, oh, let me remove the speck from your eye and look, a plank is in your own eye. Now, by the way, the word that is used here for plank is a very large piece of wood and the word used for speck would be like a piece of sawdust. So let me update this translation. Why are you looking for a tiny piece of sawdust in your friend's eye when you have a telephone pole in your eye? And I think the people probably chuckled. Yeah, we get it. And so he's making a point that were so quick to go after minutia in one Christian's life when we are guilty of a lot worse in our own life. You show me a condemning, hyper-judgmental person and I don't think that's a sign of spirituality. I think that is a sign of possible sin in their life. And it's interesting because the word that is used here would imply that the reason I'm so quick to see it in your life is because I have a lot more of it in mine. Okay? So careful what you're always criticizing people for. Maybe that's your issue. 
Maybe you're projecting your sin on them. Well, you know, that person's so proud. and Maybe it's you. <laughs> maybe you're describing yourself, actually. And maybe the reason you're so quick to see it in someone else's life is because you're so familiar with it in your own life, you see? And so that's what Jesus is saying here, is don't be that person. So first, remove the plank from your eye, verse five. And so the idea here is not that I should not try to help somebody who has uh, you know, some sawdust in their eye or a sin in their life. But before I can do it, I have to get it out of my own life. He says, first remove the plank. First confess your sin. You know, forgiven people should be forgiving people. And if you're so quick to judge others, here's my question for you. Are you prepared to be judged with the same type of judgment you give to others. Because that's exactly what Jesus says. Verse two, with the judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. So be careful. Point number four, some people just don't want our help. Some people just don't want our help. Verse six, don't give what is holy to dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you in pieces. Casting a pearl before a swine is giving something valuable to someone who does not care. Pigs like to live in slop and filth. That's how pigs roll. The reason they live in the slop is that's actually how they cool themselves off. And so that's where they're comfortable. So you go up to your pig, and uh, a number of years ago, not so much today, but pigs were very popular as pets. Remember that, some of you? The, the people would get these little pot-bellied pigs. And it was a really great idea when they were little. Then one day you wake up and you have like this giant hog running up and down your hallway. <laughs> and, uh, but if I give a pearl to a pig, a pig is not going to appreciate a pearl. Now I give him some fresh garbage, now we're talking, right? So that's the point. Casting your pearls before a swine is sharing the gospel with someone who does not want to hear it. Pastor Greg Laurie and a message called The Non-Believer's Favorite Verse. It's practical counsel from the Lord's Sermon on the Mount today here on A New Beginning. So how do we respond when someone doesn't want to hear the good news and is outright hostile? Pastor Greg will share some important perspective on that from the Sermon on the Mount next time, right here on A New Beginning. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called The Non-Believer's Favourite Verse. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app, where it's available as a podcast. Or for a copy on CD, contact Vision Christian Store on 1-800-00-5011. Or go to visionstore.org.au. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.